0: What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Corinne Bernard, also known as the last Corinna, because after me, there would be no other. Okay? Welcome to the Art of Storytelling, where I tell you a story from my life and then paint something that is inspired by that story. You are now listening to podcast number 13. I didn't even realize I got to 13. I mean, I knew that i was getting close to like 10 11 but i went back and i renamed previous episodes and tried organizing my mess that i created and yeah this is story number 13 i have no idea when i'm stopping i have no idea um you know if this is gonna stop at 20 if i'm Gonna go to fifty. I don't even know if I have fifty stories. I'm not even thirty yet. <laughs> um, but I guess in my lifetime I have at least fifty stories to tell. But um, before I jump into the story I'm telling today, I just want to say thank you for anyone that's listening and who's been keeping up with the series. Um. You know, sometimes I like to think that I'm talking to the wall and nobody can hear me but me. And it's nice to know that there are people out there that hear me and hopefully are moved, encouraged, inspired by the things that I say. Because, um, you know, I'm just I'm just like anybody else. Um, I just... I've come to a place where I can share my experiences in order for it to help someone else and that's the only reason why I share my experiences is to help somebody else. So that said, thank you for listening and today's story is we uh well, <laughs> we're going back in time to when I was 13. Um the last story I think I told it in the first, the third person, so this story will be told in the first person and i'm gonna I'm not gonna really tell it like a story story I'm just gonna tell you um what it was like uh as a thirteen year old in this specific setting at this specific specific <laughs> specific location. And during this specific time and um, uh, fun fact, we're at episode 13. I haven't started any of the art pieces yet. I haven't even listened back to any of the previous podcasts. I hate listening to myself speak, but um, what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the podcast, see what I'm talking about. And then, just go based off of that, and then work out the audio uh from there, because I don't know something about hearing myself talk, I just can't do it. it's too much. um my voice it's just so distracting to me, and like I get so caught up with the voice, and I can't even pay attention to. Uh, The rest of what I'm saying and um, and then when I do pay attention to what I'm saying, I get emotional. So I think it's best that like I, you know, take note of the episode title and then, um, you know, go based off a memory and and create something um, just just so that, you know, I'm not getting caught up in, in my emotions too much. So yeah, this story is going to be about when I was 13 and when I was a little dancer. So, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, the year is like 2006. No. When did I graduate middle school? 2005, going into 2006. I um I was in well, the story starts at me being 12 years old. I'm in seventh grade. This is uh, right before eighth grade, right before summer vacation, really, um, to give you an idea of the time frame. I, uh, well, not just me, but our school was visited by a company called Project Poetry Live, and they specialized in um, like a whole bunch of things like poetry, dance, um, the arts. And, you know, I wish like being older now, I wish that I had more information about the organization and about um, the program that I was in, because I just love that this was even something that existed that I could do that anybody could do. Um, So shout out to my middle school for even having a program come through um, like that to keep kids involved and active uh, because it was this program that really jumpstart my first first wave of weight loss journey, (laughs) if that makes any sense. Because, you know, your girl gained weight after she lost it all. But anyhow, this is not that kind of story today. Um, so the organization is, is, they they do a bunch of different programs for um, youth, and it's in regards to dancing. And they had a dancing program. They had um, scouts come to the school and um, teach the auditorium of students. I think it was. I think it was broken up into grades. I think only the the seventh and eighth graders got to participate, and if the sixth graders did get to participate, they didn't include the sixth graders until the next year. But um, Earl Mosley, uh, very. I'm I'm not sure how famous he is, but he's. Uh, he has his own um dance company and he was actually facilitating for the program um and it was actually his people that were um c- you know teaching the students how to dance and holding um uh an audition and uh what happened was they were looking for students to perform in, in their year-end or quarterly event or whatever they had going on. And they came to my middle school to recruit. And this had been the first time I had ever um, been in a dancing environment. It's the first time anyone had reached out to me um, to even potentially be a dancer the only thing I've done previous to that was gymnastics which I failed at (laughs) but it wasn't because I couldn't do it it was because I didn't want to do it I I like to tell myself that because if I wanted to do it I would have done it (laughs) so um, they taught us a simple dance and then At the end of the routine, we would add our own personal um, flair to it. And, um, you know, I wasn't the best dancer, and I knew that I was overweight, and I knew that I wanted to do this program because I love to dance, you know, at home by myself with myself. And, you know, I thought it would be a great opportunity to, like, be active and meet other dancers and um, more importantly perform because I loved performing um, at that age I, th- I wanted to be an actress I think yeah I wanted to be on Disney Channel at that age yep we're still at that age where um, hopes and dreams were still possible um, when it comes to Disney Channel <laughs> okay so I was so nervous for one because Prior to that, I had never been given um, encouragement to do anything along the lines of performing arts. My mom was always encouraging of me to, um, you know, get involved with the arts. But, you know, we all know that our society likes a specific way of looking and has a and has an idealized persona of how a person should be and look. And all of these insecurities were rushing through my head just because of my years of being bullied and my years of being judged. Um, and not only by my weight and my skin color, but my hair. My hair was never good enough. My shoe size was always bigger than everyone's. And I was always bigger than everyone else. Just generally bigger than everyone else. Um And I knew that if I could show them the little glimmer of sparkle that I had in my soul, that they would pick me. And not only would they pick me, I would get to, you know, move forward and the, you know, uh, programming that they had going on and be a part of the final performance, which was, you know, huge for me at the time and I think that I was also in the school play Um, I was very active very busy when I was in middle school and high school like I was always trying to participate in something and um, this was just another thing that I wanted to do that had something to do with what you know uh performing and at the time i wanted to be a performer and and during that time i also wanted to be a singer like this was just the age of performance arts for corinda okay (laughs) so um uh we learn the routine and then they tell us um the next day we're gonna you know break you guys up and then we're gonna um We're going to do a competition to see which one out of out of these massive group of students is going to be in the final performance. And I wanted it so bad. And so um, I slept on it, went back the next day. And during this time, one, two step was very popular. My goodies was very popular. Sierra was very popular. This is like post Aaliyah trauma And, you know, now we're in the age of finding the new it girl to um, you know, basically hold R and B for the rest of, you know, R and B artists out there. And Sierra to me was that person that they were trying to push. Like she was doing a lot of work with Missy Elliott, whatever, whatever. This ain't a story about, you know, hip hop and R and B and the industry but i loved sierra as much as i loved alia when she was out like sierra was so huge for me i loved one two step i loved dancing to it um by myself at home and that was my jam so um one of sierra's signature moves was the matrix she would do the back bend and then just let her back float and like I knew that if I could um, show these people that I could do that move, then, you know, maybe they'll pick me. (laughs) I still didn't know if I could do with the move. I didn't realize I was as flexible as I was at that age until I actually went and did certain things. Like the first time I did a split, I was 14, freshman year in high school, and Nobody was even doing a split. I was stretching. And then somebody was like, hey, Corinne's doing a split. And I was just like, oh, fuck, I am doing a split, kind of. And then since then, I had completed the split. But this isn't a story about doing splits. Oh, man, how much time we got? <laughs> I am rambling. Oh, we got plenty of time. All right. Um, I don't know why I'm, you know, putting a timer on these, but I figure 30 minutes, Um, Anything less than an hour is appropriate, Um, but anyhow, so went in there. There was, like, me and, like, 10 other people called us to do the routine. I, um, you know, we all did the routine, and then everyone did their little special thing at the end. Some people posed. One guy did, like ushers like signature like sliding across the floor thing Um, I really don't know what that's called fake moonwalking I don't know but he did that and then I did the back bend but instead of just you know going doing the regular back bend and then bending my knees I went all the way to the floor so homegirl just bent herself into a pretzel real quick and Everybody screamed, oh, hey, what, yo. Everyone was so impressed because this was the first time any of these people, whether they were picking on me, whether they had seen me in the hallways, whether they had, um, you know, just heard about me or seen me through the grapevine, whatever you want to call it. This was the first time they saw somebody like me moving the way I was moving. And I don't want to, you know, throw shade or I don't want to take nobody flowers away. But I feel like I was the first Lizzo. OK, I feel like if I had um, pursued music the way I wanted to and if I was anywhere near as good as, as Half of these artists out here um, grinding and doing their thing, I feel like I could have been the Lizzo. But, like, my thing was always with the visual arts. It was never with the the performance arts. Um, I like to do performance arts, but I was not the best. That was somebody else's blessing that I have borrowed for the weekend. Um, but, yeah, like, I wanted to be the first Lizzo t- uh, person. Just somebody breaking the the bonds of of um, the standard, and doing whatever it is that makes me feel confident, beautiful, fun, and just energetic and, and you know, optimistic. Um, but, <laughs> you know, fast forward, I was not um, that girl. But I'm glad that Lizzo is that girl, because now she's paving the ways for more people like me and like her to, to be great out here without having to fit a specific mold. So shout out to Lizzo. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's where my mindset was. That's why when Lizzo first came out, I was just like, yo, she reminds me of when I was like a little, little 12, 13 year old. But, um, so I did that. The crowd went wild and then the the you know basically the people who's picking the winners, he tells everybody but me and the boy doing the um who the the other dude who did the um the the usher moonwalking thing. it was just me and him, and they put us against each other now shout out to e j like we was not close at all like like my perspective ej was like that cool kid in class that everybody knew and everybody liked and i was just the complete opposite like nobody really liked me like that i didn't really have friends and um you know i didn't have clout (laughs) but ej did so me going up against um, one of the cool kids in school was so fucking intimidating but in the end we did the routine we battled he was doing his moonwalking all over the place and I did my back bend again and they picked both of us to be in the program but he ended up not following through I think he backed out of it um for his his own reasons I don't know because he was one of the cool kids and we weren't friends like that but (laughs) um yeah, they picked me. They picked me to be a part of their 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 extravaganza. I was so excited. That I felt like I had just won a role in a major play. I won a role in a movie. Like th- this is this were all the emotions that were going through my head. I just felt so alive. I felt like I won I won something, you know, I felt like I won an Academy Award, I felt like I was going up to accept an Oscar, like the energy was so high. And then, you know, we went through the notions of rehearsal and learning the whole dance move. Um, we met other dancers that, you know, competed and won at their schools. And and then now um, we're all dancing together as a unit. There were other kids from our class that not well not class but our grade that got picked for the opportunity as well um I can't I I can't even remember who those people were but yeah we killed the the, well not killed but we we did the performance and it was it was great it was a lot of fun and then like when the program was over there was an opportunity to go to dance camp and I was just like ooh, dance camp wow I can really do that. I can do this. My mom paid the fees. And I was only there for two weeks. But like, man, wasn't it? Was it an experience? Like I was at an event where Eartha Kitt was was performing in the next 10 over um, and and dancing in a it it was a Litchfield's Litchfield Jazz Festival. And um, I worked again with the Earl Mosley Dance Company again. Um, I met, I got to meet Alan Avery. Well, didn't meet him, meet him. I was a child. But, you know, I got to interact with him and, and, and some of the most talented dancers I have ever met in my entire life. But the real tea of this story is the culture shock I experienced when going to this camp all right so i'm 13 now it's summer i think it's like mid middle it's august okay i think it's early august and i was there for two weeks this was the longest two weeks of my life it felt like i was there for two months um i wanted to do the month but mama didn't have the money for the month so we did the two weeks And, you know, I go in my dorm and I meet my roommate and then I meet my other roommate. I'm just like, they're white. Okay, (laughs) I'm laughing because this was the first time I really like interacted with white people on like a, a close level like this. I felt like. Like it was it was like summer camp. okay, so let me just give you an idea of the camp. So the camp, for the two weeks, um, you got to um, experience other cultures. you got to um, learn a couple routines. There was opportunities for you to um, learn um, hip hop dance, African dance, uh, modern dance, ballet. and we did all of that for two weeks. And um, there was a a talent show. I participated in the talent show where I created my own dance routine. And there was another opportunity to be a part of another um, big dance competition. I didn't win that one because, you know, I wasn't that experienced. But um, uh, the people that were at the camp got to participate in it. So that was dope. Um, It was just like a wonderful experience to be amongst like talented dancers and all over the world i met people from switzerland different parts of connecticut japan um you name it okay so um it was just an amazing cultural experience but the 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 biggest culture shock i experienced shockingly was the amount of white people that i met at this um camp it, it was the first time I really got to see um, the culture that was surrounding me, if that makes any sense. I grew up in Waterbury. And, and if you know anything about Waterbury, there's two major demographics. There's black people, Hispanic people, and then depending on where you at, you'll see white people. But you're not interacting with white people on a regular. You're interacting with minorities on the regular. Your, your inner circles is going to be majority minorities. Okay. Um, I had one white best friend and that was it. The rest was either not my friends or they were black. <laughs> and then when, even when I got to high school... Majority of my friends were Latinx and black. You know, I had maybe, you know, two or three white friends. And I'm saying friends lightly. They were acquaintances at most. You know, I'd never been like in a direct interaction with a white person um, for such an extended amount of time. Uh, This was the first time in my life that I've ever dealt with that. Now I experience it every Often day of my life. <laughs> Every often day. What am I talking about? Anyhow, the long story short, this was the first time I was around a lot of white people for an extended amount of time. And um it's it was funny because like my mom and my cousins came to visit me like a weekend. And then the first thing they said to me, they were like, Why are you talking like that? And I was like, Talking like what? and they they were they were just like you sound white <laughs> I was just saying to myself like what I'm not talking white <laughs> like yes you are but honestly like one thing about me is like if I'm around a specific um dialect or um yeah, if I'm around a specific dialect, my dialect will adjust to um, that dialect. And I do this because I want to make sure when I speak, the people that I'm speaking to is, is understanding what I'm saying. And like, I personally suck at speaking. I say um am a lot. I pause a lot. You know, um, I, you know, I do things like how I just did right now. And um and that's that's just about it like I I can't I could probably improve my speech delivery and my communication skills so that I'm less awkward when I speak but primarily it's because I'm such a profound listener and I pref- prefer listening over talking um, that you know I end up just not even really paying it I don't really pay attention to the way I speak and the way I sound, and my voice does change. I don't know how my accent really is. I grew up in Connecticut. <laughs> I was born in California, raised in Connecticut. Grandmothers from Mississippi, the other ones from Missouri. Um, I listen. I just speak how I speak, but my cousin and my mom and my aunt always like you sound white like you sound real white <laughs> um and it's because i'm interacting with all these people i don't want to go like hey what's up how you doing i because <laughs> they're gonna look at me like i don't understand what you're trying to say and and it's crazy how like my brain naturally knew to um adjust to that because i was only 13 when i went to this camp and um even then, I, I knew of, you know, these type of adjustments that are made so that we're more accommodating to people that aren't from where we're from, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to say this really nice and not offensively. Um, and that's the best I could do. So... they they made that comment and then um I started noticing things like the way that the other girls were interacting with me like um my two roommates had never met each other one was from Avon the other one was from the from Bermuda um they were both Caucasian um but like they were always together. Anytime they had lunch, um, they would interact with each other and go to lunch or they'd go hang out with people together. They wouldn't include me in the things that they were doing. And like people would be like, oh, are you guys sisters? You guys look so much alike. You guys could be sisters and da-da-da-da. Um, and I just thought it was real funny because like I got to the room first then my fir- then the first roommate who is Brittany came and then gabby came and naturally you think okay i was in the room first so the people who was in the room first are going to interact and hit it off and whatever whatever but no it didn't end up like that because you know of reasons that you guys can fill in the blanks if you want to but gabby and Brittany just Became fast friends. We're always interacting with each other. We're always around each other when there wasn't dance, and like I was kind of like the third wheel. Like I tried to tag along whenever I could because I was really trying to make friends and learning how to make friends because it was so hard for me back at school and back um, where I came from. So I figured maybe I'll learn how to make friends here, and it backfired completely because of. I don't want to say it, but potential racial tensions. And I feel like I changed the way that I spoke so that I could, you know, try to make friends and interact with people better and uh, essentially get people to like me and, and, and be cool with me. It backfired. Like, I was still the awkward one in the bunch. Um, The one that nobody wanted to be around, but were kind and respectful because they just won't walk away. And um, it was just weird energy. And and it wasn't like Gabby and Brittany were mean to me. Gabby was nicer to me than Brittany was. I think, uh, you know, the, the weirdness came more from Brittany than it did... Um, Gabby because I feel like Gabby was more acclimated with other cultures growing up and Brittany was from Avon so I was probably the first black person she's seen like at the close level that she had with me um, um, in her entire life you know Um, she was probably in the same exact boat that I was but in reverse she she gets a third roommate that looks more like her than her other roommate, she's going to cling on to her for comfort. I didn't have that, um, that satisfaction. Plus, they were a little bit older than me. I think Gabby was like 15. And then Brittany was either 14 going on 15, or they were both 15. But what's two years? I mean, really back then like people made 2 years seem like such a big fucking deal my like specifically my cousins like oh i'm not allowed to hang out cuz i'm too young what's 2 fucking years like it's not like 2 and 4 it's literally 13 and 15 the only difference is um somebody kissed a boy and and somebody is going to get in trouble for kissing a boy, you know? <laughs> and I mentioned this because uh, both Gabby and Brittany ended up kissing boys at the skin. And I was there to watch all of it. I was kind of like the wallflower, if that makes any sense. But yeah, culture shock. So many white people that i never been around. Um, Like, so many white people that I never previously um had that experience with and it wasn't be like it was just culture shock that's the best way to describe how what i was experiencing was culture shock because i had never previously been in a setting where there was just so many white people and i was just the only black person and i wasn't the only black person at the camp but i was the like one of the youngest at the camp actually i think i was the youngest Because there was a band camp next door. That's the other funny thing. Um, One time at band camp, there there was like these guys and they kissed my dance roommate. (laughs) True story. Um, Yeah. Um, And then I think I was just trying to adjust to not only um, new people, but also the culture shock I was experiencing. I feel like I said culture shock a lot. In this podcast, so moving on um yeah, there was a lot of tea that I saw firsthand, and then like I had like a dis i had first I had a flip phone, no camera on the flip phone just just a cell phone for me to contact my mom, and then I had a digital well not a digital camera what did I have one of those disposable cameras, and I would just take pictures of everyone and I think there was only one picture with me in it but I just didn't really know how to get people to you know interact with me and take pictures with me without feeling like a weirdo so like I would just be like hey can I take your picture and they'd be like sure what I should have been saying was hey let's all take a picture together but like to be honest with you some of these girls was not fucking with me and like I didn't realize they weren't fucking with me until, like, the program's already halfway over. Like, people would just be nice to me as, like, a a professional gesture. And I'm just like, I'm 13. I'm by myself out here. I don't know what else to do. There's no group of black people that I could just crawl to and say, "Hey, all these white people aren't accepting me as their equal. Can I hang out with you guys?" Like that that, that wasn't the case. And I wouldn't and it sucks because I wouldn't even seen it that way at that age. Like at that age, I just wanted friends. I didn't know black from white. Um, Hispanic. Well, okay. I knew of the races of the world and I knew of the cultures of the world. But what I'm trying to say is that I didn't care. I just wanted friends and like other people would not be my friend. And, and it's like, they were only nice to me because I was nice. But um, it wasn't all bad, and it wasn't all, like, racial awkwardness. There was one incident where, like, I was playing, like, Grind With Me by Pretty Ricky, and this one girl was just like, ugh, I hate rap music, turn it off, how how can you play that, ugh, I hate that, just turn it off. I'm just like, bitch, it's a ringtone, one, and two, like... Why are you so passionate about hating rap music? You don't see me flipping out over somebody playing a country song. It's just the subtle racism that that's what got me. Like, what is your real issue? No one's even rapping on this track. This is Pretty Ricky and Pleasure is singing. So is your issue with rap music or is your issue with anybody singing a song that isn't white? (laughs) But, listen, I wasn't trying to make this story a race story. I'm just telling y'all how I seen it. <laughs> but, um, no, like, that incident was just so weird. And it wasn't the first time, like, she reacted to me, like, playing a song like that. Um, I think I was playing maybe an Eve song. I was playing some song that, that wasn't even hip hop and this girl just got so butthurt and offended that I was even playing that kind of music. And I'm just like, I really wish that like this exact scenario happened, but like maybe f- five years later, like college because like there are so many words I would have exchanged with this individual and you know it probably would have resulted in fight or disagreement a loud disagreement but i would have loved to just tell that girl what was truly on my mind and i and at the time i feel like i would have had i had the information and um you know competency as i do now Compared to when I was 13, which I shouldn't even have to be, I shouldn't even have to deal with this kind of shit amongst other, you know, teenagers. Not like, you know, I would say the girls that I was hanging around with were between 14 and 17. Um, And then there was the older uh, dancers that I didn't really interact with too much unless we were dancing. But yeah, these, these group of girls were... No, not too far from my age. Um, and they're racist. <laughs> or have racial racial subtleties or are exhibit, or were exhibiting microaggressions. And it was just so fucking weird for me to experience that for the first time. And like it was the first time experiencing it from white people because, you know, I've said in previous stories, That like my first ever experience with racism was from black people, black peers, people that I was in class with. And they just had a problem with my skin being lighter, you know. But yeah, and, and this was honestly the first time I realized that I am not not dark enough for the black people and not white enough for the white people. I'm always going to be an outcast, um, which is whack as fuck because, like, I'm 13. <laughs> I'm only 13 realizing all of this. And the older I got, the more I um, I had, like, a underlying aggression towards it like, wow, I've really experienced that. And I really was just oblivious to what I was going through. And, um, you know, it's, it's blatant when people like, you know, pick on you and call you names. But like when there are little subtleties and um, microaggressions, like that's a completely different energy. And I wish that I had the words, um, that I have now to exchange with this, these individuals, because this is exactly why we don't have boards. <laughs> but now on a serious note, this is why we still have not made progress in this country when it comes to racial inequalities, is because of the microaggressions that we exhibit towards people that don't look like us, you know, or the, the little racist comments or the little Uh, racist gestures that people make but don't talk about and and when people think that they're above racism I'm talking about the 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 black people that like to 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 talk shit about people that are black with lighter skin tones when we try to pretend like we can't be racist because we're black it's, it's just that adds fuel to the fire. Like anybody can be racist. And, um, when colorism comes into play, that's when you get a whole fucking plethora of, of, of microaggressions and racial, racist, um, um, racist comments and, um, racist behavior. And, um, We just need to realize as a people that nobody's above racism. Everybody can be racist and every forms of racism is wrong. And um, that's all I'm going to say about that, because this podcast will turn into something else real quick. And I really don't want it to go. there. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I was saying, um, just backtracking real quick. Um, The dance camp was right next to a band camp. And the band camp kids were heavily interacting with the dance camp kids. And um, what when I, when I said earlier is um, my roommate ended up kissing one of the guys that was at the band camp. Gabby ended up kissing a boy, too. Um, he was actually from the same city that I was. And he was at the dance camp. But... I don't know people's exact ages at the time. So I'm not going to spill no names, or spread no lies, spill no tea, um, because it, it ain't my business. But um, I'm pretty sure they were like 15, 17. <laughs> Lord, oh, so crazy. Anyways, um, and I was there. I watched both of them like... um interact with these guys and then like you know make out and then walk away it was like my first time um you know dealing with like one of those moments that you see in the movies like i felt like i was an american pie for like two seconds (laughs) and then okay um just so that you guys don't know that the whole experience wasn't like a, a racial weird situation because it wasn't there were a lot of good moments that I had with um, some of the girls that um, I shared a building with I, I think we I felt like we were on a college campus but it, it wasn't it like it felt like camp there was a big building and um, there was like three girls to a room they were big rooms and um there was a common space in the common space we will watch movies i saw blue crush for the first time and i saw a rocky horror picture show for the first time so like there are um trade-offs to interacting with people um you know cultures that you're not used to like me i experienced huge culture shock when i got there because of how many um, white people were there it made me realize how many white people uh, how how white people make up the majority that was my first time actually visualizing that white people made up the the majority of this country and then um and then you know there was the the microaggressions that I experienced with with this one girl um, but the trade-off was I got to experience you know their culture <laughs> and things that they were interested in and even though i didn't have the opportunity to share anything that i had to offer outside of my dope ass um one two step routine um you know it was nice that i was able to connect with these girls um to that extent like because i had never even heard of rocky horror picture show they talking about we are about to watch this and i'm just like what is this and when they put it on i was like it's great this is great oh what am i saying okay so while we were watching blue crush i actually braided one of the girl's hair (laughs) i wasn't really good at braiding hair at the time but they know the difference so yeah i braided her hair like the girl that was in the movie blue crush and she like wore the style for like two days and she loved it and i felt good about myself but in the end, it was an amazing experience where I got to learn about the rest of the world, and I got to dance and um, learn about movies I didn't see before, and I got to dance in a jazz festival where Eartha Kitt was in the like a tent, two tents away from me. And I wish that I had the opportunity to meet her in person because I think she passed away a couple of years after she um performed at that jazz festival. And um oh, so devastating that I had the opportunity to meet Eartha Kit in person and didn't. But that's why I have a painting of her. That's why I, I love to um to what you call um pay my respect and um and and you know shout her out whenever I can <laughs> um but let's see is there a moral to this story the moral of this story is to venture, learn, travel, um take chances on yourself. This was the first time in my life that I took a chance on me and it's crazy how like I forgot that this was, like, my defining moment in the stars where, like, if there was something that I wanted, I'm going to get it. And then I got it. And, like, even though I've experienced a lot of rejections between that moment, um, you know, doing the dance contest, and now, like, I've also had a lot of wins, a lot of wins. So um, when the opportunity comes, you have the money, you know, Uh, take a chance on yourself. Invest in something that you like to do. Um, And if you're in a situation where um, you may be surrounded by a lot of people that don't look like you, just be yourself. I think that was my biggest pitfall with this experience is that I was trying so hard to get these girls to connect with me and like me that I didn't realize I was losing sight of myself and I was losing sight of the things that made me great and why my people loved me. And, um, and I think slowly over time, I learned to show people who I am instead of showing people a persona that they wanted to see. And, um, it has led to huge success in my life um because people look at me and and they can connect with me better um and if i can do it all over again i would um i wouldn't cuss out the girl that had a problem with my music but i would have a very extensive conversation with her about music genres and why this specific music genre she didn't like um Is it just ignorance or what's up, girl? Because not all hip hop is about the things that you think it is about. Um, But that said, that was the story of me testing out my dancing legs. And for the first time, doing something that I wanted to do that made me feel good. Because prior to that, it was always what society needed me to do as a child um that's overweight and going to school and it felt good and even though i didn't become this renowned disney channel star or whatever i'm glad i didn't become that girl because i feel like i would have had to go on through things i wasn't ready for and that dance camp let me know that i wasn't ready for a lot of things And it's probably the reason why I ended up steering away from that whole lifestyle altogether. Thank you for listening to this, guys. I know we made it to 50 minutes, but it's because I really, like, conjured up some energy that I forgot was even in existence. And um, I hope I didn't say um too much, and I hope that... Um, my, <laughs> my, um, thought process didn't deter you from the overall story. I hope I didn't say anything that was offensive to anybody. Um, I'm just throwing it out there. I don't got a problem with anybody. Like, I don't care about what color your skin is. It, if, if you rock with me, I rock with you. And, um, for, for, for those who are politically correct, I do see color. I see the color, um, the beauty in all colors. And so once we begin to thrive in our individual colors and come together, then we could all be great together and be a pleasant, beautiful, um, earth-toned rainbow that, um, hmm, now I feel like painting. All right, so (laughs) I'm gonna cut this short before I start trailing off again. But um, I love you all. Thank you for listening and um, be well. Bye.